Hi, my name's Eric, and I'm a big fan of whiskey. <laughs> I'm Tyler, also known as Stink Stink the Supreme. And I'm Steve. Hey everybody, and thanks for joining us on another episode of this glorious shit show we call Whiskipedia. We're already off to a great start. <clears throat> we are. In case you're not I had to familiar- Google I had to Google how to find Wikipedia. <laughs> Eric, how many drinks have you had? It took forty minutes for you to get this laughy last time. <laughs> you're a goddamn Let's mess. Just say dude. I st- I started as soon as I got home. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway. right, we're in for a wild round. Bleh. Screw it. I'm done. Just, just go. Wow. All right. How long did that take? That's like a minute and a half. Uh, okay. It's the shortest so, podcast. In case you're not familiar with the format, here's what we do. We get together. We each get uh, whatever whiskey we feel like drinking this week. We pull up a random page on Wikipedia, and then we read that page. We learn about it. We educate ourselves. And then we'll pick a random new article to go to, but it has to be an article that's linked to from that same page. So, for example, if we're on the Wikipedia page for Texas, we could jump to, for example, Houston or Dallas. But we wouldn't just be able to pick some other random page like the 1979 Major League Baseball draft. Uh, What's everybody drinking this week? Eric? I forgot how to pronounce it again. Oh, god damn it, dude. <laughs> Is it still the Glen Marini? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's it. Um, really good. I am drinking uh, another scotch, uh, Bunahaben Choichik, I believe. It's fucking Gaelic. I don't know how to pronounce all this stuff. <laughs> but uh, another Isla scotch, very smoky, not for the faint of heart. And uh, I am just finishing up a, a, a glass of my favorite, which is the Glenlivet Nadura. It's their 16-year cask strength. And then once I'm done with that, I'm going to go to uh, El Chipo, which is my Jim Beam maple. It cost me under $20. The greatest it's, Jim Beam. <laughs> it's, it certainly is a Jim Beam. <laughs> that sounds accurate. All right, so... Everybody at the Wikipedia homepage? I am. Eric, yep. did Google help you? Yes. Uh, okay. Thank you, Google. God Shout bless out. Google. You should sponsor us for helping me <laughs> understand how to be a human being. <laughs> I don't think Google's going to sponsor us, guys. Just, just laying that out there. What are you talking I mean, to about? Be fair, to be fair, Google used to have – well, when I worked at Google, uh, we did have Whiskey Wednesdays, which was just all the engineers would get together at the Boston location and just get hella fucking drunk. <laughs> I used to work for an antivirus company that um, we had a rule that after 3.30 on Fridays, you were allowed to start the tap in the in the break room. So, nice. Unfortunately, I was way too busy to ever do that, so it never worked out. It was a nice thing on paper, though. <laughs> All right, go you ahead tried. and hit random article, and okay. we'll see where we're going. Oh, God, come on. What the I'm, fuck? I don't know how to say this guy's last name. <laughs> I have Robert Shanazarian. <laughs> Great. I have Quipanco Railway Station. <laughs> okay. It's in Maryland. I don't think that's a good article. <laughs> We're going to have a tough choice here because I got uh, Musca Autumnal- Autumnalis. It's a, it's a house fly. Why do I keep getting so, bugs? <laughs> so I, I guess mine might be an interesting place to go somewhere with, but I'm not terribly interested in this guy specifically. Let's read about your bug, Tyler. Let's, oh, let's be okay. This. Here. What was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, go ahead and I'm, put the link I'm, in the description. I'll just, I'll just send it to you guys. Perfect. 
Whoa, I just clicked the preview image and was not expecting the big bug on my screen. <laughs> Musca automatalis, the fish fly or autumn house fly, is the pest of cattle and horses. Me too. <laughs> Me too, thanks. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and tell us about this uh, this fly here? All right. So uh, the face fly is very close to the house fly, slightly larger, averaging about seven to eight millimeters long. It's gray, gray patterned abdomen, like many oh, tree flies. Exciting and the color. males, the eyes almost touch when viewed from above. Ooh. I don't think I like any situation where the eyes touch. <laughs> Is that like when the balls Does that touch? Give them like... Except it's a medical emergency. <laughs> Eye- eyeballs. <laughs> when eyeballs. the eyeballs touch. <laughs> I get it. You ever wonder if like, like if your eyeball get popped out of your head, right? No, I have no, never. So. I've never I don't wonder that. this, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so I really fucked up. <laughs> when I was in high school, when I was in high school in marching band, um. Yeah, my high school was really small, so we typically rode the same bus as the flag corps when we went to football games and stuff. And one of the girls in the flag corps had a glass eye, and oh I didn't God. know this. Like, I thought something was up with her eyes because one eye was a little weird. I thought maybe it was just lazy or something. She liked to just pop it out sometimes to mess with people. I did not like this girl. <laughs> Uh, she seems pretty badass. I that, yeah, that, that sounds awesome. <laughs> You'd think it's awesome until you get ta- like you're sitting there with your girlfriend and you're just kind of like laughing, you know, being high schoolers, dating, and love. And then you get tapped on the so- shoulder and you turn, and there's just an empty eye socket six inches from your face, and it's <laughs> fucking horrifying. Owned idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's totally my fault. Thanks, Ty. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> All right, let's learn more about this fucking weird fly. All right. Uh, it's it's widespread through Europe, Central Asia, and then India, Pakistan, and China. It came to North America in the 1940s. So it's basically just the like yeah. European and Pan-Asian housefly. Yeah, that's literally all it is. Why does this have its own page? I don't know, because because apparently females deposit eggs in fresh cow manure, and that's pretty cool. It transmits eyeworm Thalassia rodasi to cattle and horses and pink eye. <laughs> Infectus bovine keratoconjunctivitis. Uh, I'm sorry, Eric. I'm, we're going to stay on this page until you can get that last word right. It is a pretty obnoxious word. I'll give him that. It's not that obnoxious. First of all, like 75% of the word is just the word conjunctivitis. <laughs> like... That's 75% of the word, is another word that Eric should know as a functioning adult. Eric doesn't know how to get to Wikipedia. Yeah, who's going to walk around and be like, yes, conjunctivitis, uh, artist, you know. Conjunctivitis, also known as the itis. Conjunctivitis. I just wrote a new DDR song, you're welcome, Japan. Yeah, it, it can go in there with uh, with two MB's line of endorphin and uh, what are dopamine. the other songs of his and dopamine. Yeah, conjunctivitis. and uh, neurotransmitter conjunctivitis. I mean, Perfect. Isn't 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 Max three hundred what happens when a cow gets pink eye? What? I, I don't even know where you're going with that one. I don't know I don't where either. to start. Where to start with my criticism of that sentence? All right. We, we, so you know. We need to get out of here. We're done. All right, you know where I think we should be going? (laughs) You know where I want to go? No. (laughs) Infectious bovine keratogenitis. I'm going to say Canada. 
Let's go to Canada. Canada. <laughs> to Canada. All right. Let's to go. Canada. All right. We're going to Canada here. All right. Canada, for those of you who are not aware of Canada, is a country located in the northern part of North America. Its 10 provinces and three territories extend from the Atlantic to the Pacific and northward to the Arctic. You know, once the polar ice caps melt, I think that Canada will actually be in a better military position than the U.S. Because they'll have access, well, better access anyway than us, to uh, to the Arctic. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll once, like, water levels rise and, like, a lot of the area, what is that strait called? The, the Bering Strait? Yeah, that's it. Once they get through that, they'll be, they'll be good to go. Yeah, and especially once, like, all of the... Uh, the lands in like Nunavut and like middle of nowhere Canada get flooded and it's actually like traversable by ships. That'll be really helpful to them. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, fun fact about Canada. Um, it was not actually its own country until the eighties. Really? What? So what, yeah. what was it before that? So, so you're saying like in the seventies, it was not a country. It was technically a country, but it was also legally speaking, still under United Kingdom control. The Canada's. Huh? Yeah, let me see if I can find it. I'm sure it's a thing I can jump to here. That is um, fucking weird. Yeah, early 20th century. Because Britain ah. still maintained control of Canada's foreign affairs under the Confederation Act, its declaration of war in 1914 automatically brought Canada into World War I. Uh, contemporary era, where is it? Gotta be somewhere. The financial crisis of the Great Depression led the Dominion of Newfoundland to relinquish responsible government in 1934 and become a crown colony ruled by a <clears throat> British governor. Wait, Really? Wow, this so, is still going to the thirties. Newfoundland in like in the Great Depression, Newfoundland I'd like was just like, we can't fucking do this. It's too hard. UK, please come run us. Please help us clean up our room. We can't do it. I just want to point out that the next <laughs> sentence is just after two bitter referendums. Newfoundlanders voted to join Canada in nineteen forty nine. So Newfoundland wasn't even part of Canada until almost nineteen fifty. Wow, I'm learning a lot about Canada. This is this is yeah. awesome. Uh, an, a series of constitutional conferences resulted in the Canada Act, the patriation of Canada's <laughs> constitution from the United Kingdom, concurrent with the creation of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. So Canada is an even younger country, legally speaking, than the U.S. They've existed for 35 years. Yeah, they are like, wow, that is... I'm almost as old as Canada. <laughs> uh... Yeah. Think about that, Eric. Canada is barely older than you, and it's a whole fucking country. What are you doing with your life? Are you an I'm entire gonna country? I'm going to become a planet. <laughs> <laughs> One day when Welcome. I grow up, I'm going to be my own solar system. I'm going to sit in the ocean, and you can call me the new continent of my balls. <laughs> I'm going to dip my mozzarella sticks in ketchup. <laughs> That's our national anthem, is like... Press those boxes. Your national, sticks your national anthem. Tastes your so national good, anthem girl. is a food, Eric. It tastes so good. Hell your yeah. Eric. You're, you're a goddamn menace. <laughs> I'm a menace um, to society. <laughs> much like Canada. To the and world. then I do remember in the 80s and 90s that Quebec wanted to secede. And that makes a lot more sense. Like, because as a kid, I always thought, like, Canada was the same age as the U.S. or the same, like, you know, had been around a long time. But no, Canada only been around ten years at that point, it, like as a real country. So I could see why uh, Quebec would want to secede and be its own country. And it was super close. I didn't realize that in 1995, when they voted on a referendum to make uh, Quebec its own country, Leave got 49.4 percent of the vote. Damn. So it was like that's close. It was really, really close. 
in addition to the, the issues mother of- beaver. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're the not. mother beaver on the Canadian Parliament's peace tower. So Wait, they have what? a fucking beaver. tower <laughs> with a beaver and it's a on fucking it? beaver. <laughs> yeah. Where are you seeing this? Uh, it's called under sim- cultures, and then it's under, next to symbols. Of course, it's under culture. <laughs> National symbols of Canada: the mother beaver. Like, that's that's what's hilarious to me is like America. We've got a bald eagle ready to rip shit up. Yeah, and what's fucking Canada have? A goddamn fucking beaver. Hey, fun fact. They, hey, uh, the, fuck the you, man. The eagle, beaver, beaver rules, okay? And also, uh, the bald eagle eats carrion. Like, it's not even a hunter. It eats dead shit. Other prominent symbols of Canada include the Canada goose. And you know what? You fuck know what? Canadian no. geese. Fuck, fuck Canadian geese. They're a bunch of fucking dicks. A Canadian goose is like, hey, what if you had a duck and it fucking hated everything? Is there, any, a goose. Is there any reference to goose in here? Yeah, Canada Goose. That's under there is. symbols. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there it is. Uh, there's also the Loonies and Toonies. Oh, fuck yeah. I love Looney Tunes. <laughs> no. Are, are you familiar <laughs> with that term, Eric? Loonies and Toonies? No, no, I'm not, actually. Okay, so it actually says it right here in, on symbols. Canadian coins feature many of these symbols. The loon is on the $1 coin. So that's why $1 coins in Canada are called Loonies, because they have a fucking bird on them, the loon. The Canada $2 coin. I don't know if they have a $2 coin. It might be a $2 bill. But I thought it was a Because coin. they're like, I think there's two. But because they wanted it to rhyme, they're just called Toonies, even though I think it has a beaver on it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's on the Canadian $2. Uh, a Toonie has, <laughs> has a bear on it. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. Have, have either of you gone to Canada? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. Yeah, I, I, was up there, I was up there for New Year's back in 2013, 2014. My brother, my brother played hockey, so we we traveled. Oh, he, to, Lee was up there all the time. I bet. Yeah, we'd go to Toronto and Niagara all the time. Nice. You got to say it like a Canadian. You got to say Toronto. I'm gonna go to Toronto. It's two syllables, Tor- barely. Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> Not Toronto. Toronto. It is Toronto. Torno. <laughs> That's how I'm gonna say I'm it next time I go there. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to Torno. Gonna get me some Tornos. <laughs> gonna get me some Tammies in Torno. <laughs> One thing I do like about Canada is they're so I I grew up being told that poutine was actually called disco fries, and I guess that's only what? in New Jersey. Disco Wait, fries, disco, disco fries. Yeah. I have never heard that. That sounds like you're making shit up, Eric. No, I am absolutely not. Uh, it I don't know if it was just uh, something in New Jersey, but it was only known as disco fries. I'm gonna guess it was and- your fucking family, and that's it. No, I just Google search disco fries. First thing, Jersey Diner style disco fries. Go fuck yourself. Okay, wow, that's but, disco no, fries. No, like that hey, blew Steve, my mind because people are like, oh, wait, what the fuck are disco fries? I'm like, yeah, it's the fries, the gravy, the melted cheese. They're like, oh, you mean poutine? I'm like, no, it's fucking disco fries. I'm like, no, it's poutine. And I almost punched somebody in the face. I'm like, no, it's fucking disco fries. So, well, okay, no, the Eric. difference is, 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 it, is it cheese curds or is it melted cheese? Just like shredded cheese. What is cheese curds? Cheese curds is like squeaky cheese chunks. Like balls. Uh, so the disco fries came with uh, usually mozzarella cheese or also cheese curds, I guess, then. Because I've had, it really depended on the diner that you ordered it from. So in uh, some diners you got disco fries and in some diners you got poutine called right, disco fries. It was just all disco fries. And I was so angry and upset that this was not known as disco fries that I, to this day people are like, oh, hey, you got to get some poutine. I'm like, no, I'm going to get some fucking disco fries. No, you're, so it's, it's Eric, what you're saying poutine. is what you're saying, Eric, is you almost got in a fight 
over the name of a food dish that is really not that good. And not only that, but you were wrong. But you were wrong. You know what? No, the, the only part. one the only one who's wrong here is you for saying that poutine is bad, okay? I get, don't really get, like gravy and I don't really like key, cheese curds. I, God, I don't like it, so like it's it. bad. I went to Ohio yeah, and tried this thing called fucking Skyline Chili. Let me tell oh, you, that was God. some of the biggest pieces of crap I've ever had in my mouth. Skyline is not good. It's okay, better God. than Gold Star, but it's not good. I don't know what any of that means, but Disco Fries are great, and you're dumb. So the, the best way I can <laughs> explain, Skyline is to Gold Star as Target is to Walmart. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Like, it's, it's not great. It's okay. But it's a better version of something that's really, really bad. I don't know, the girl I was dating at the time was like, no, Skyline Chili's great. We're going to go have Skyline no, Chili. And I shit. fucking go there. And it was just like, yeah, all right, I'll get two fucking chili dogs and a plate of chili with spaghetti, I guess, because that's what Ohio yeah. people do. The hot dog was all right, but uh, chili on uh, spaghetti. Eh. When I first started playing DDR, the closest place that was open really late to the arcade we were at was a Skyline. So I had Skyline almost every week for about a year and a half. Wow. I never want to eat Skyline ever again. We're going to do a very special Wikipedia live from Skyline. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's going to require you to come out here. I will fly out there just to watch you suffer. <laughs> I would Keep suffer. Keep shooting out there fucking eat disco fries, motherfucker. All right, so <laughs> okay, we need, where we are we need... going from here? We need to move on. <laughs> Let's talk about hockey. I really enjoy hockey. Oh, right. oh, okay. Let's go down. Canada's official national sports are Sport. ice hockey. Tyler and I are also big hockey fans. I am a normal hockey fan. How about, how, about, <laughs> how about we go to the 1976 Summer Olympics? Hell yeah. Well, the, the, uh, the, the 1976 Olympics Summer Olympics? Where are this? It's I didn't in the, see them. It's in, in under sports. Holy shit. That, their logo looks like Arby's. Oh my god. It looks like if Arby's was giving you the middle finger. <laughs> yeah! But like just in the beginning phases, like the finger's just starting to rise. It's it's that pre-raising like you're not gonna eat at Arby's. Fuck you, man! I would be so excited if Ar like I don't have Arby's around here, and that really upsets me. But Why fuck, does that upset get, you? Because I love Arby's. Arby's is great. That is some delicious fucking food. It's not great. It's okay. <laughs> Eric, did you just have a stroke? <laughs> do we do we need to send Arby's, help? Siri, call nine one one. They have the. <laughs> When you think of somebody that says, we got the meat, who do you think? Outside of people in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got the meat in Texas, okay? Exactly. You think of Arby's. So you want to go get Meat Mountain, you walk into Arby's at the 1976 Summer Olympics, and you know, the field ice hockey player is like, man, I'm going to get this Meat Mountain. Like, nah, nah, you need to get some disco fries with your Meat Mountain. <laughs> Boom. That's disco fries sponsored. with your Meat Mountain. So I started to read the Summer Olympics page. Uh, I just uh -huh. feel like th this sentence is pretty interesting. Uh, 29 countries, mostly Africa, boycotted the Montreal Games when the International really? Olympic Committee refused to ban New Zealand after the New Zealand National Rugby Union team had toured South Africa early in 1976 in defiance of the United Nations call for sporting embargo. Huh. What is it? That's... Wait, uh, what is a sporting okay. embargo? <laughs> so what I'm guessing is, and especially because this was the 70s, I'm guessing that there was some like major human rights violations going on in certain African countries, and that I mean it's South they... Africa. 
like it, it's kind of similar to like to like 1980 where Russia almost boycotted the Olymp- the Winter Olympics in 1980. So I could see that. Like yeah, that like, kind of makes some it, sense. It's it's South Africa, so like it's the Dutch were probably doing something pretty shitty. Oh yeah, that's true. That was yeah, South Africa had a bad time in the the 70s, 80s and 90s. Dude, they're still having many, rough times. They're still not many, having a great time. How many countries uh, exhibit in the uh, Olympics? In the 1976 Montreal Summer Olympics, 92 nations participated with 6,084 athletes, 4,824 men, and 1,260 women. I got that I can't from even name, like, four countries. Jesus, fuck. Eric, I'm sure you can name at least ten countries. Well, I mean, when I got the Olympic page up here in front of me, <laughs> Soviet Union, East Germany, United States, wow. West Germany. So you started off with <laughs> three of your first four countries no longer exist. Hey, Maybe you can't name ten. ten. I think that counts. I don't think it does. They existed at one point in time. Are you saying that history doesn't exist? Correct. I'm also Let's just, I'm, I'm interested in, in seeing, like, like it's Soviet Union, East Germany, United States, West Germany. Like both the Germanys did very well compared to everyone else. That's interesting. I bet there was a lot of doping going on because they wanted to. They each wanted to outdo each other. I bet. Maybe. <laughs> God, East Germany had forty golds. I read. I read modern pentathlon as modern penetration. <laughs> I would watch that in the Olympics. Those extremely Yikes. thick, like, peak human performance athletes just going at it. That would be insane. Jesus. Like, if they jump up on the uh, the circle things that hang in the air. Like, the do, like, circle mega, things. Uh, they do, like, the super flip and then land dick, like, perfectly into something. And they're just like, fuck, man. That's awesome. Oh, hey, look at this. East Germany surpassed all expectations for a middle-sized nation by finishing second. However, the GDR, which I'm assuming is something in German that means uh, the German Democratic Republic, I bet, achievements were later fundamentally undermined by the expose of a serious and systematic scheme of doping by East oh, German sporting authorities. Go. Got it em. was later revealed that after injecting athletes with performance-boosting drugs in the Montreal Olympics, East German officials dumped the leftover serum and syringes in the St. Lawrence River. Mm. So there you go. <laughs> Good job, guys. That's just inject them like, here you go. You're going to run a little bit faster. We're just going to throw this shit in the river. All those kids that drink out of that river, though, are become like superhuman athletes. <laughs> Canada. Canada, as the host nation, had zero golds, five silver, and six bronze. 27th overall. boy. Way to go, Canada. Apparently, Africa was not the only place to boycott it. Uh, apparently, really? the Republic of China also boycotted it back when it was the Republic of China and the People's Republic of China. Yeah. Well, um, Iraq said fuck that. Are the the Republic of China that. withdrew from the games when Canada's liberal government under Pierre Trudeau told it the name of Republic of China was not permissible at the games. Yeah, Pierre Trudeau is uh, Justin Trudeau's dad, the current um, prime minister. Oh, look at that. I like. I really like Justin Trudeau, but I know it's because he does an extremely good job of appealing to my liberal sensibilities, and not necessarily because of actual like policies and actions. And I don't know how to feel about that. He's he's done a couple things here and there where I'm like, uh, really? You're dude? just like 
real in horror. Like, you're supposed to be very left-wing. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I, uh, fuck it. Like, it was the passing of some kind of... Well, I remember it was the passing of uh, some communist leader. I don't remember who, but... He was like, he will be missed. And it's like... Was it Fidel uh, Castro? Maybe. I remember, like... It was really, really weird on Twitter, like, when Castro died. Like, I, I saw a whole lot of people who were, like, basically saying, like, minority uh, communities really appreciated Castro for what he was and what he did. And they're, like, and white people absolutely do not understand. And I'm, like, I actually 100% do not understand and I'd like more information. And I never got more information. I'm, like, I, I want to listen and believe you, but I, I need something. Like, give me something to read, even. I'll go read it. I've read plenty of books like that. Just give me something. And I just never got anything. So I don't know what to think now. Anyway, the legacy of the Montreal Olympics is complex. Many citizens regard the Olympiad as a financial disaster for the city, as it faced debts for 30 years after the Games finished. Isn't what that, is isn't that, hold on, isn't that like a, like a regular thing of like whenever the Olympics show up, like it just like oh, yeah. leaves the city and just like a just financial disaster? Basically, the IOC always sells the Olympics as like, it's great, you're going to get all this new infrastructure, and you get all this business, and you get all this money, and you get all these tours, it'll be awesome! So everybody builds a bunch of shit to, like, support the new Olympics, and everyone shows up, and they don't do quite as well as they expect, they don't get quite as much money as they expect, and then everyone leaves, and they're like, why the fuck did we build eight ho- hockey rinks? What did we do? Why? Why did we do this? <laughs> I know that I mean, I guess- was a problem with, like, I remember, like, Brazil during, like, the World, was it World Cup, or was that Olympics? Yeah. But, like, they, they made a bunch of, they made a bunch of soccer uh, stadiums, and they, like, now they're literally just, like, parking lots for buses because what are they going to do with all those like they don't they don't know what to do that's interesting the failure of the montreal expos baseball club is largely blamed on the failure of the olympic stadium to transition into an effective and popular venue for the club given the massive capacity of the stadium it often looked unimpressive even with regular crowds in excess of twenty thousand spectators you know i want to read about the expos because i don't know shit about baseball and i especially don't know shit about the expos before, before we go there what's the difference between freestyle wrestling and greco-roman wrestling uh, Greco-Roman wrestling, I think, is like uh, like the type of wrestling you would learn in high school. Does that make sense? Uh, free, yeah, but that is freestyle, like WWE style. I I hope so. Uh, I, I would watch I, that I, in the Olympics. I, oh no, yeah, I would completely like watch the Olympics if like fucking Triple H kicks in a fucking door, starts beating someone <laughs> with a folding chair, like holy shit, give everybody fucking gold medals. Hell yeah, beat somebody to death with their own silver medal. Be great. I, I really love wrestling. We should do a wrestling podcast soon. <laughs> I actually I don't, don't know give a single shit about wrestling. I think we should also do once a month. Like, we'll just sit down. I'll force you guys to watch the pay-per-view. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. No. <laughs> I, I, already have one, I already have one friend who's super into wrestling, Eric. I don't need two. So you need a different thing to be super into. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm super into a lot of things. You guys like hentai? I like hentai. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the Montreal Expos. For the reggae band, see the Expos. Now, I don't think we want to watch, we want to read about the Expo games. Just Montreal- real quick, just real quick, I just want to say that I, I also appreciate uh, Jericho because he's done some stuff with my boy Devin Townsend, and so he's oh, yeah. got a special place in my heart. I'm assuming Eric knows a little bit about Jericho. Yeah, yeah, So up oh, there we go, Montreal Expos. I was looking for the link. Oh, sorry. <laughs> He wasn't listening. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear anything. Nice. <laughs> nice, dude. Nice. The, nice. the Expos failed to post a winning record in any of their first 10 seasons. 
Cleveland Browns. Talk about like some of the worst fucking baseball players in the world. Holy shit. Like I, I'm not a big fan of baseball. Me I either. like wrestling and hockey. Those are my sports. Montreal Expos, World Series titles, none. NL pennants, none. Wild card berths, none. <laughs> but one division title. <laughs> Back in during a during a strike shortened year, causing the season to be split into two halves. Montreal won the division in the second half, despite having the second best record in the division. What? <laughs> wait, wait, what? The aftermath of the 1994 strike initiated a downward spiral as the Expos chose to sell off their best players and attendance and interest in the team declined. Well, no shit. That's what happens. Wow, this team's bad. Why doesn't anyone want to buy tickets? <laughs> we just sold off everyone that matters. Why doesn't anyone want to come? Like, I don't get it. Major League Baseball purchased the team prior to the 2002 season after the club failed to secure funding for a new ballpark. In their final two seasons, the team played 22 home games each year at Hiram Bythorn Stadium in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Whoa. What? Wait, so that was, that was MLB? Yes. What? 22 games in Puerto Rico. What? So that means like a lot of teams had to travel to Puerto Rico for a game. I mean, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I guess. And then they eventually got relocated to D.C. And then play their final game in Montreal. So they're the Nationals now, then? Uh, maybe? I guess. Under history, there's a section titled El Presidente El Perfecto. Oh, no. Oh, we're reading that. Uh, between 86 and 91. 91, they were basically 500. They were four games over 500. The team struggled to attract free agents, and Bronfman, whoever Bronfman is, had grown disillusioned with both the business of baseball and the challenge of drawing fans. He hoped to take one more chance at a winning title, and in 1989, the Expos made a push for a division title by acquiring starting pitcher and pending free agent Mark Langston from the Seattle Mariners. They gave up future Hall of Famer Randy Johnson. All right, I don't know shit about baseball. What? I know Randy you Johnson's You know Randy name. Johnson. <laughs> that means you who's, fucked up. Who's Randy Johnson? Uh, super good pitcher. Oh, okay. I think he was a pitcher. Yeah, but anyway, he was a pitcher. He's, he was a, a Hall of Fame player, and again, it's like... So it's like for somebody who doesn't know shit about hockey, if you give him names like Wayne Gretzky, Mario mm -hmm. Lemieux, they, they, maybe a couple other names, they know those names. Like, oh, yeah, he's a hockey guy, right? You know like how big of a name you are when people who know shit all about your sport know your name immediately. Like they're not even like, maybe he played hockey? I don't know. They immediately know you played hockey. I know Randy Johnson played baseball. I'm pretty sure he was a pitcher. That means he must have been a fucking crazy good pitcher. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like like the big fucking the big ball the big boys the big balls the big boys they're, they're running the big the balls of sports. So in, like, in right, my so mind, when you think of like Gretzky, Gretzky, Dan Gretzky, Marino, Dan Marino, uh, Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan, Michael, yeah, and Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk, <laughs> Roger Clemens. I mean, that, no, no, I agree. Nah, I, agree. I don't think. Uh, uh, really, Roger Clemens. That's I mean when I when I think of like what's a what's a crazy good baseball player the first one that comes to mind is like Roger Wayne Clemens Box. maybe um, Derek Jeter Derek Jeter yeah yeah I, I think Derek Jeter probably yeah I'm like, I, I think that yeah I think like the two biggest sports well, uh, stars like ever like was. like Babe Ruth yeah oh yeah Babe Duh. Ruth or, holy shit I am dumb yeah uh, that's Michael Jack not Michael Jackson Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> ultimate baseball player Michael Jackson. <laughs> No, Mike Tyson. Like everybody knew who Mike Tyson mm -hmm. was. Muhammad Ali. Mike Tyson like or Evander yeah. Holyfield. Yeah. Or Muhammad. George Foreman. 
Muhammad Ali. I got. I Muhammad just Ali. Corman girl. Uh, yeah, Muhammad Ali. Fight like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Hell yeah. Float Wu-Tang like a butterfly. Corman. Jesus Christ, Eric. <laughs> Wait, fight like a say? butterfly. Fight. He said fight, fight like, a, like butterfly. a butterfly. <laughs> Completely ineffectively, <laughs> but very soft. I under, I, so, yeah. uh, so interesting fact, I actually went to the Columbus Conservatory the other, like a little while ago. <laughs> and they had, they had, it's it's a place where they have a bunch of plants, okay? I don't know. But yeah, it's they, a nice they place. Did, it's really, really peaceful. It's really nice. nice. Oh my god. What? No, I went, seriously, I wanted Eric. to go see a very nice display of like... Really cool plants. I, okay? I walk outside. There's grass. I'm done. No, like, Eric. Why you okay, me? Eric. You know, like when you go to the zoo and you go to the yeah. area that's meant for like the butterflies and birds and bugs, and it's all these like really, really cool flowers. It's more cool flowers and plants, and it's, it's like the of cool size flowers. of a small zoo. It's a shit ton of Less. cool, rare flowers. The uh, they recently did like they have a like every year they do a release of butterflies. So I learned about how. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome! Yo, it no, it's awesome. Like there's a billion like butterflies. Around, there's Fuck just butterflies bugs. just like flying all around you. It's awesome. But um, that, no, that actually sounds really fucking badass. Holy shit! Yeah, but and you like, were talking shit. Go fuck yourself, right. Eric. I learned that <laughs> the ways the I did actually did learn. They... I did learn that butterflies fight by just like going crazy. They just like fly around <laughs> in like random sporadic <laughs> patterns, just to be like, get away from me. So their their <laughs> fight like, want... strategy is confusion, cause confusion. <laughs> yeah, basically, which is what Butterfree from Pokemon was known for. Mm-hmm. Confusion. So maybe Pokemon was on the right track. So yeah, basically when you see like a, a butterfly spazzing out like that while while it's flying, trying to fight you. yeah, it, it's trying to be like get away from me and get out of here. This is my territory, and you're like, dude, you're a butterfly. So, Fuck so, off. So Tyler, how many butterflies did you fight during the Great Release? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how many butterflies did you personally fight? Oh, I totally punched like three in the face. Don't worry, oh, they deserve it. Don't worry. This sucks for Montreal. In 1994, with a record of 74 and 40, the Expos had the best record in baseball on the morning of August 12th when MLB players went on strike. On September 14th, following a month of fruitless negotiations, the remainder of the season was canceled. That sucks. To Get be like, fucked. This is our year. We're going to go for it. We're going to sign some big free agents and we're going to really make a run at the title. And then, nah, never mind. We're not fucking playing this season. <laughs> All right, well, Dude. we're done here. <laughs> I mean, it's still better than the NHL. They never lost a total season. They never completely lost a season. Although I think that'd be worse, actually. Like, getting two-thirds of the way through a season and then being like, eh, now nah, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> well, bye. <laughs> Everybody go home. Wasn't Tommy Lasorda, Lasorda, didn't he have, like, a second Genesis baseball game? Uh, I don't know that name, so maybe. Who is somewhat weird, Is it somebody on this page? Tommy yeah. Lasorda. Well, let's go to his page. Let's jump to him next. Tommy Lasorda. This is your 15 minutes of fame, buddy. Yeah, he did have a fucking... Yeah! Behind. He looks like fucking... All right. Oh he God. looks like a Open grandpa. Up a new tab. Open up a new tab. Just type in Tommy Lasorda baseball. This dude looks like fucking Bill Clinton on a Sega Genesis. Bill Clinton on a Sega Genesis. He does. Just- You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I challenge this statement, but he really does. Like, uh, yeah, because the only reason why I know that name is because, like, I keep seeing this dude. I'm like, that looks like Bill Clinton, but Bill Clinton is not Tommy Lasorda baseball. <laughs> 1989? Really? So that wouldn't have been on a Genesis. That would have been on a Mega Drive, wouldn't Mega it? Mega System? By the way, Mega- quick quick side note. Uh, the game was released in Europe and Japan as Super League or Super League. Super League. Sorry. 
that's all that's all I wanted to say about that. Yeah, that's fine. I just I, I like to say stuff in Japanese accent too. It's fun. He's still alive. He's fucking old. He just turned night he's turned he, he's 90, ninety last year. Shit. You know, good for him. He only played for like three years. What the fuck? Oh, what? Well, it was apparently enough to get in the Hall of Fame. MLB debut, oh. 1954. Last MLB appearance, 1956. <laughs> Win-loss record, 0-4. and four. What? <laughs> he never even won a game! <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what an asshole. What the fuck? Oh, it's because it was a general a manager. 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 Oh, okay. He won two titles as a general manager. I see. So they retired his number because he was a good manager? That's bullshit. Yeah, that's fucked up. I'm, Especially I'm the number else. two? Like, come on. Maybe it's because he was such a shitty pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just forget about number two, okay? That, that never happened. <laughs> no one else could be number two. Let's, let's just let's move on. Whoa. Tommy Lasorda signed with the Philadelphia Phillies as an undrafted free agent in 1945 and began his professional career that season with the Concord Weavers of the Class D North Carolina State League. Wow. How far down the ladder is that? Because that sounds pretty low. Oh, my God. At the 2001 All-Star Game, uh, Lasorda coached the... 2001 All-Star Game as a third-base coach. Some dude named Vladimir lost his bat while swinging it. It flew towards Lasorda, causing him to fall backwards. But Tommy was unharmed. Very important. As, as a, as a joke. joke. Giants outfielder Barry Bonds gave Lasorda a chest protector to wear while manning <laughs> third base. Nice. <laughs> I like, there you go, old man. I like Barry Bonds a lot more now. <laughs> yeah. There you go, buddy. This, you, gotta, you, gotta stay, this, you gotta stay safe. Listen, it's scary out here during the All-Star game, buddy. You need you need yourself a chest protector. Here you go. Jesus. Also, Barry Bonds, like, I can see Barry Bonds being, like, the next, uh, not John Madden. Uh, the next John <laughs> Do not ever lay that curse on a person. <laughs> the next incomprehensible go- <laughs> retired man. You need to hit the ball far, and then you need to run around the bases until you get... A- to the home plate again. That's you see, this you is a run. man, when he runs, he knows he needs to go faster. <laughs> All right, Tyler, because you're familiar, you're familiar with both here. Which one is a bigger embarrassment to their sport? John Madden or Don Cherry? Ooh. I don't know who Don Cherry is. Oh, okay. Yeah, just just do a do a YouTube search on Don Cherry. And later, you, later, later. So obviously, but the the best thing I can think of, uh, Eric, to explain. Imagine if John Madden was uh-huh. very clearly be- beginning to become senile, and oh, no. and also very has clearly. been and also has been unapologetically racist for forty years. <laughs> what the fuck? Basically, oh, if you're not geez. white and Canadian, he hates you. Like Don Cher- Don Cherry questioned whether Europeans would ever be able to make it in the NHL because they were too soft. Wow, also, dude. every single one of the suits that he wears looks like somebody picked up the ugliest rug from the dumpster and made a suit out of it. <laughs> After we're done, we'll, we'll send you the link to uh, uh, what is Steve? What Here. is the uh, the Don Cherry YouTube? Oh, the um, Don Cherry transcribed. Yeah, yeah. Here, there you go, Eric. Just for later, I put a uh, a Google search in there for you of Don Cherry suits. What the fuck? 
<laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. D- yeah. It's does my control. explanation fit? Do you guys remember the like weird infomercial? The guy with like the suit that has the question marks all over it is going crazy about free money from the government. Yeah, free money from the government. Here's how. Yeah. This guy just screams that. This this guy is that guy's <laughs> final form. Like if that guy was a Japanese <laughs> RPG boss. Don Cherry is his final form. And, like, every single turn of the boss of Don Cherry, he changes suits and it, like, changes his attacks and elemental weaknesses and stuff. <laughs> I hope one day I can pull a Don Cherry and just have a weird-ass suit to wear every day of my life. <laughs> what, the sh- what the shit is this sentence? In June 2005, President George W. Bush asked Lasorda to serve as a delegate to the U.S. National Day at the World Exposition at Aichi, Japan. Because baseball. Because baseball. baseball. Big, big American baseball. <laughs> Lasorda partially owned the food company Lasorda Foods, which was known primarily for pasta sauces that Lasorda stated were based on a family recipe passed down to his wife. It was what? just canned pasta. <laughs> well, let's I tried no, to... no, that's how Skyline Chili was created. Oh, this no. motherfucker got a goddamn second Genesis fucking video game. Like, oh, this is awesome. We're making so much money with these dumb kids playing their bleep bloop games. So I'm gonna open up a restaurant, and next thing you know, you got goddamn Skyline Chili. Wait, so why is this guy such a celebrity? What the fuck? I don't understand. Lasorda became a local celebrity in the Dominican Republic due to his many visits in search of young baseball talents in this land of many famous players in the major leagues, especially after becoming a devoted fan of chicarrones, deep-fried pork skins, commonly sold on the streets of Via Mea neighborhood of Santo Domingo. Why? Why? Because he fucking loved deep-fried pork? That's why he's famous in the Dominican Republic? <laughs> he's famous. Like, That's all it's going to take. because I eat I'm... food. <laughs> and then above that, in 2008, the government of Japan conferred the Order of the Rising Sun, Gold Rays with Rosette, which represents the fourth highest of eight classes associated with the award. The decoration was presented in acknowledgement of his contributions to Japanese baseball. What? I mean, I think they really do like baseball in Japan, though. All right. Whoa. Hey. Oh, what'd you find? Whoa. What'd you Guys, find, Eric? Whoa. No. Okay. In 1996, he voiced the role of Lucky Lasorta, a rough colleague commenting the baseball game in the film Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. What? Oh my god, what? I had no idea they did. All right, I'm going to Homeward Bound. I don't know about We're going to Homeward Bound, Bound 2, 2, Lost in San Francisco. Lost in San Francisco. I do remember I do not seeing Homeward Bound 2. One. I do remember that. I saw it. I don't remember it at it all. It was not holy nearly shit. as good. I mean, the original Homeward Bound was fucking awesome. Like, holy shit. I remember I got high and watched Homeward Bound 1 with some people. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. I didn't realize Sinbad was in Homeward Bound 2. What? Oh, he was? Shit. And Al Michaels. I have no idea who Al Michaels is. Sports commentator. And I guess also the, the person who originally voiced Shadow died uh, oh, after the first movie. Rest in peace. Rip Shadow. Oh my god. Guys, I want to go watch Homeward Bound now. <laughs> Do you? The, like, I, I have the worst, like, I, I need to go watch Homeward Bound. All right, let's, 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 let's read the plot here. The owners of Shadow, the Golden Retriever, voiced by Ralph Waite, Sassy, the Himalayan Cat, Sally Field, and Chance, the American Bulldog, Michael J. Fox, decide to take a family trip to Canada. See? Everybody takes trips to Canada. <laughs> hold on, Fucking Canada! <laughs> hold on, hold on. Mike, Michael J. Fox did the Bulldog? Yeah, you didn't oh, know yeah, that? Michael, yeah, you I didn't know that. On. How'd you not know yeah. that, dude? I didn't. I didn't know about who voiced who. I just watched the. I just watched the movie. You never watched Homeward Bound as a kid, and then later on watched fucking Back to the Future, and just had that realization of like, holy That's fuck, chance. the main character is the goddamn fucking bulldog. Time traveling <laughs> dogs. 
At the San Francisco that, International Airport, the animals escaped after chance panics with mistaking airport workers as the workers at the pound, the bad place, as chance puts it, and breaks free from his carrier. The animals find themselves in the city of San Francisco with home on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge. I cannot imagine being a dumb animal and trying to cross the Golden Gate Bridge because... That must have been the scariest thing in the world. Like, holy fuck. Yeah, I uh, I went to San Francisco to visit some friends and we actually ran across the bridge, which... Oh, Jesus. It's, only, it's like two miles. It's fine. But uh, there were so many people and it was so loud from all the, the cars and the water and everything. Like, an animal would just be terrified. And then they they encounter a dog gang? What the fuck? Man, I actually we should go back and watch this because I bet San Francisco 25 years ago is very different than San Francisco now. What do you mean? Are you saying it's not filled with a bunch of hipster techie guys? Uh, I'm saying rent on? probably isn't $3,000 for an 800 square foot apartment. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. So uh, I when Kim, my wife... And for people who are listening. Uh, and by the I, way, shit. my wife <laughs> went out there to visit some friends. Um, we stayed with our friend Simi, and he had like he had a pretty decent apartment. It was like it wasn't any necessarily like better than let's say your first apartment after college. Um, you know, the type of apartment where you typically have a roommate, but maybe you could not have a roommate if you made a little more money. Um, it was controlled access, so that was nice, but it wasn't anything necessarily really fancy. It was like a small Two-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment, maybe a 1,000 square feet. And he was paying, I think, $3,400 a month. Wow. On the plus Why side, he was two blocks away from a BART station. So, like, Jesus, he didn't ever need a car. He could walk to 90% of the places he needed to get to and take BART to the other 10%. That doesn't outdo the, the amount of rent, though. Like, that's ridiculous. No, it really doesn't. So, I, I know another friend of mine in San Francisco, like, so have you guys heard the term NIMBYism? No. No? NIMBY stands for not in my backyard. And what it basically means is like all sorts of block clubs and neighborhood groups really, really don't want um, anyone to build like massive apartment buildings or skyscrapers or stuff to ruin the character of the neighborhood. So YIMBYs, oh. which my friend Zach is a part of, are yes in my backyard where they're like, we have a major housing shortage problem. Let's fix it. Let's just allow these things here and stop being such stuck-up idiots. <laughs> but I want to have a backyard that isn't impeded by, you know, regular everyday people. Come on. I need a view of the skyline, and I cannot possibly have my view of the skyline ruined by... Whoa. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put the nut button away for a little Please. while. Please, I really need to buy a nut button. No, I'm starting a GoFundMe. Buy Eric it's a nut ten button. fucking dollars. Starting a GoFundMe. <laughs> Use my account. Eric, you bought SOS. That's three nut buttons. You can afford one. Oh, three nut buttons. <laughs> my computer chair. <laughs> GoFundMe still exists. Does it really? It got deactivated, but Aww. I can reactivate it. I can reactivate it and post an update saying I need a nut button. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now I'm gonna start a new one. <laughs> back to back to the Wikipedia back to article. Homeward Bound two. Um, I, I went down to the bottom and I looked at films directed by David R. Ellis, and his selection of movies is uh, very interesting. Uh, Wait, where is he? he did, okay, there we go. 
He did, he did Homeworld Bound 2, he did Final Destination <laughs> what? Final Destination 2, and he did Snakes on a Plane. Wait, I'm, not, I'm plane? not seeing that. When I look at the category films directed by David R. Ellis, I don't see Snakes on a Plane. I see Shark Knight, whatever the fuck that is. I see, okay, it's Homeward Bound 2, Final Destination 2, Cellular, Snakes on a Plane, Asylum, The Final Destination, and Shark Knight. Did you click on David R. Ellis instead of films directed by David R. Ellis? No, I, I, I'm still on the Homeward Bound page. Oh, don't, no, no, Don't no, click no. on I anything. See. Don't click on anything. Uh, okay. I actually clicked. There's a page of films directed by David R. Ellis, which brings you to a disambiguation page, and it does not contain Snakes on a Plane. However, I did go to the Snakes on a Plane page real quick, and it is. it did say it was directed by David R. Ellis. All right. We're on Snakes on a Plane now. All right. We're going to Snakes on a Plane. Let's go. So I was actually watching the movie with my girlfriend at the time, and we were making out. And then the the scene where Samuel L. Jackson's you know you know the motherfucker takes the motherfucker plane, I, like we were just making out, and I said, "Hold on a second, we are listening to this. <laughs> like, we're, like this, like this can you, wait. Like we're watching. You this. broke off a makeout session because of Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yes, I did. And you know what? It was worth it. Jesus Christ." <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's interesting? So I was when I was reading the Homeward Bound 2 page, the overall uh, review on Rotten Tomatoes is 53%. Wow. The overall score for Snakes on a Plane is 58%. Snakes Got on em. a Plane is a better movie than a Homeward Bound 2. Yo, Snakes on a Plane fucking ruled, all right? There are titties and... Snakes. Uh, and snakes, and I made out with my girlfriend at the time, so it's awesome, okay? You're like... Three stars. Perfect. Well, okay, I just want to point out, okay, another plot after witnessing California-based gang boss Eddie Kim brutally beat U.S. prosecutor Daniel Hayes, blah, 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 escorted agents on a Boeing 747-400. They knew exactly what model of plane that they that those snakes were on. Yeah, I guarantee you that there was some guy who put, like, a Boeing 747 here, and some other motherfucker went, I looked at frames here to here at this time of the movie and this is clearly a boeing 747 400 and corrected the article i I guarantee you i'm sorry Uh, eric just shared a link with us to his new uh gofundme (laughs) which i'll read the description here real quick for everyone Eric, you really did this? Click here to support. I need a nut button organized by Eric Ferris. I need a nut button so I can nut button back when Tyler nut buttons me on our podcast. (laughs) Hey, hey, Eric. Yeah. So, you know, throughout the years, like, we've known each other for a long time. Okay? Uh-huh. We've known, we've known <laughs> yeah. each other for a long time, and, like, we've gone through a lot of stuff. And there are a lot of things, you know, like, we've gone through a lot of hardships. And, like, we haven't really seen each other, but, you know, I'm really glad that we were able to stick together. And we've done a really good job at, you know, staying, staying like, close friends. And, you know, I just really appreciate a lot of the things you do. And <laughs> I knew where that was going. About 30 seconds ago. Donation amount must be at least $5. Are you kidding me? It costs $10. <laughs> so basically Damn what it. Eric is saying is... What Eric is saying is, I can't buy a nut button for myself. I need two people to buy me a nut button. <laughs> buy me a nut button, please. 
<laughs> back to the snakes on a plane. So back to snakes on a plane. Okay. <laughs> Despite the immense internet buzz, apparently internet buzz is an entirely separate page. But um, oh, that's probably where we're going to end up. But keep going. The, the film's gross revenue did not live up to expectations, earning fifteen point two five million dollars in its opening weekend, and it grossed sixty two million dollars worldwide before its release on home video. It's almost like it was a bad fucking movie. Hey, it was a glorious movie, okay? It was a movie. Hey, it was it was a really good movie, okay? Do you want to know something that's I... really upsetting, by the way, that I learned last year at work, because somebody happened to mention uh-huh. it? They're on, like, Sharknado 17. I didn't realize that yes. there was more than a Sharknado 2. Oh, there's a lot. Holy shit, I didn't know that. Uh, let me look up real quick exactly how many there are. I mean, maybe it's only seven and not 17, but that is still eight too many Sharknados. I played the Sharknado uh, Lever Pulley Get the Tokens game. Relax. Wait. No. Lever Pulley Get the Tokens <laughs> was a game is the sentence that came out of your mouth, Eric. Yeah. the uh, In uh, Vegas. What the fuck is it called? A casino? No, it's at a casino. The s- slot machine! There we go! Fuck you! Yeah. That's oh what God. you were looking for was slot machine? <laughs> slot machine. We did it. I'm really excited. <sighs> so where are we going from snakes on a plane? Internet buzz. <laughs> Let's go to internet buzz. I like that. I like that. Internet buzz? Like like the bugs that we looked at originally? Huh? Internet buzz? bugs. Buzz, buzz, oh, buzz. it redirects to media circus. Interesting. Oh, God damn it. Did you guys know that they did a Tanya Harding like video? Oh, do you mean the thing, like, the, the, the PR thing she like did recently? Like, telling her side? Yeah, like, telling her side of the story. How she's and... the victim because she ruined someone else's career? So, Internet Buzz goes to Media Circus. Yeah, and that's fine. Man, Media... I haven't gone to a circus in a while. That's fine. The circus is bad. Why is it bad? So, like, typically circuses are not the best environment for animals. Like, they can't, they kind of get overworked and not taken great care of. And it's not even really good for, like, the performers. I, I just want to go down to examples of Media Circus real quick, um, to the United States. Uh, the Blizzard of 96. This storm, so hyped by the media in the same way that the O.J. Simpson murder case became hyped as the trial of the century. So they equated a blizzard to a murder. Yeah, apparently. I, I don't know. How does a, how's a blizzard murder, though? Like, I mean, have you ever been murdered by a blizzard? <laughs> no, I, could, I, I couldn't. Haven't. I, could, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. That's a really good question. And, I I, and the answer is no. Mystery solved, everybody. All right, <laughs> we moving did, on. We did it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Goddamn uh, asshole! All right, let's let's look through the listing here, since it's a listing of various uh, examples of media circuses, and and that's honestly, this list seems super arbitrary to me. Like. Somebody on Reddit decided when it was an appropriate amount of media involvement and when it was an inappropriate amount of media involvement. Someone curated this list. Some people on the internet have no time. It's it's not oh. necessarily people have no time, but Life. but you have to think, Eric, what is the weird ass thing that you're super into that if a, you found a Wikipedia page that got something wrong about it, you would actually take the time to fix it? I'd be too lazy. No, think about <laughs> if somebody 
if somebody deleted the page for Disco Fries and directed it to Poutine, you'd be like, oh, hell no. Okay, yeah, that's that's true. Everyone has some random Wikipedia page like that. Uh, so, Media Circus, interesting story. Uh, one of the first examples is the Aruba case <laughs> where Natalie Holloway disappearance. Fun fact, I was actually in Aruba around the time when that happened. Jamaica? Shut the fuck up. Oh yeah, you you were you were down there. I remember you talking about it. Yeah, that was. Did you get dreads? Did you get puka shell? No, I did not actually. What? Uh Our resort was. It was on the beach. We would go out on the beach and we would look over and we would see people like scuba diving and we look over and we're like, dude, that's FBI right there. Holy shit! Yeah, dude, they were looking for Natalie. Damn. Wow. But I was also too young to give a shit, so... You were just like, that's kind of weird. I mean, <laughs> that's weird swimming, anyway. Dad. I, I like that uh, underneath the heading for Canada is Toronto Mayor Rob Ford's life. Oh, that's, no, like, Rob That's a media Ford. circus. His entire <laughs> life. Oh, God. Eric, do you know anything about Rob Ford? Uh, the name is that the guy that used to do like coke and go crazy. Uh, there's video of him Mayor doing Toronto. crack. Holy like, shit. There's video of him buying crack from someone. All right, let's go to that. Link. We're oh, go we're Rob looking Ford. at Rob Ford. Oh no! And Eric, of course look, he's, uh, look at that face, Eric. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Hold on a second. I did not realize this, but he died. Well, what? Oh, he died. He died? When In did March he die? 2016, after chemotherapy was ineffective. Wow! What? Holy shit! I did not realize he died. I thought he was. St- I thought he was still mayor. In September seventeenth, two thousand fourteen, Doctor Zane Cohen of Mount Sinai Hospital had revealed that Ford had been diagnosed with pleomorphic liposarcoma. I'll save you, Eric, from trying to say that. Thank you. A rare it's, form it's of cancer that rises tumor. in adipose tissue. He was treated with chemotherapy and surgery. He announced in a press conference he was going to have a lengthy surgery to remove the tumor. He said he would be out of commission for four months. At a community barbecue hosted by the Ford family in 2015, he announced doctors had cleared him of cancerous tumors. Whoops. One month later, in October of 2015, his physician confirmed a new tumor was growing on his bladder. It was found to be cancerous and consistent with liposarcoma based on a CT scan. In March of 2016, they announced he was in the hospital with his family beside him as chemotherapy had not been successful and his health was being reviewed to determine if he would continue to get treatment. March 21st, confirmed he'd been placed into palliative care. For those who don't know, palliative care means you are going to die, and we are just going to make it as painless as possible. Damn. Died the following day at age 46. Holy shit. Well, this podcast took a a depressing turn. turn. There's a biography about... This dude, it's called Crazy Town, and do you guys remember I, the, uh, the band Crazy Town Sugar Baby? Oh my god! Come, come, my lady. One come, thing, come, my lady. One thing, there's a couple things actually, and I don't know why. I remember there was an interview with the the vocalist for Crazy Town, and for some reason, I've retained a lot of the information from this interview. But one thing that was important was number one, they were primarily a studio band. They were never actually a live performing touring band. Really? They got together from record companies. So they recorded their whole album having never toured or performed live together. And Whoa. there was whatever their second single was. I don't remember what it was now, 
But their second single was the one that was actually like a better definition of their style and what they wanted to do as a uh, band. And they wanted that to be their first single. But the the record label was like, no, 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 no. Butterfly is absolutely going to be your big, big, big hit. So you need to make that your first release. And the band like pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. They're like, no, because otherwise we're going to be a one hit wonder and we're going to have absolutely like nothing for us. So the band eventually relented and they released like the other single that they wanted as their definitive sound first. And then that didn't really do anything. And then they released Butterfly after and Butterfly was huge as they expected. And it didn't matter. Everybody still thought they were a one hit wonder, but it's good on them for trying. Oh, my butterfly, sugar, baby, baby, baby. come, my come, lady. come, my lady. come, my lady. Great, that's okay. embarrassing. We're all singing that song. <laughs> all right, all right, we're done here, guys. Uh, it was very nice uh, having a nice conversation with you about Wikipedia. It um, <laughs> was a good time. Yeah, we're we're um, definitely over. We're like real quick. I just want to point out this this interesting statement here and under legacy, supported by the War Three incumbent Stephen Holiday and the Ford family in September 2017. Toronto Mayor John Tory proposed renaming Centennial Park Stadium after Ford. The City Council rejected the proposal. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's right. Uh, that was the fun. right call. Yeah. Hey, everybody, let's name our park after the crack-smoking former mayor. Nah, let's not. No. No. My understanding, no. though, is like, despite him being like a crackhead, like. He did, like, <laughs> fairly well as a mayor. He was a relatable guy, but he was actually fairly conservative, which is weird for Toronto. By U.S. standards, he would be a centrist Republican. To give you an example, remember how we were talking earlier about how Don Cherry is a crazy racist? Yeah. Uh, if you go up to his mayor section, for the inauguration ceremony at the first meeting of the new council, Ford had television commentator Don Cherry introduce him and put the chain of office oh, on him. Oh, there you go, buddy. So basically, craziest, like the craziest acceptable right-wing person in Canada, being Don Cherry, was used to introduce Rob Ford because he would then become the second most palatable crazy right-wing person in Toronto. Uh, real quick, I also just want to point out that there is a link to Ford Smoking Crack Cocaine, which is a link to Timeline of Rob <laughs> Ford Video Scandal. All right, I think this is going to be our last one, and we're going to read it. Oh, that's right. It was Gawker. Gawker was the one that, that uh, released it, and it was right around the same time as the Gawker-Hulk Hogan scandal, where Hulk Hogan basically got Gawker totally shut down. I think that's the timeline of things. Am I correct? Uh, I, I, yes, I honestly don't correct. know anything about Hulk Hogan, about, there was, about that whole scandal. I know that there was some kind of racist rant, but that's that's all I know about it. There was a Hulk Hogan sex tape that Gawker posted, and Hulk Hogan oh. successfully sued well, them for defamation of character, I think. And the uh, the judge eventually awarded, like, the exact monetary value of Gawker at that time to Hulk Hogan. So Gawker went, well, Holy I guess shit. we just don't exist anymore. Okay, I didn't know that, actually, but... Really? How'd you not know that? I, I don't know, I never heard about it, like... Fuck, dude, I don't know the entire internet. Leave me alone. A Rob Ford associate, Sandro Lisi, was charged with extortion for attempting to receive the video, the, the one of him smoking crack, 
in exchange for marijuana. So he was literally oh, going nice. to pay an informant with pot to get a video of the mayor smoking crack. <laughs> Welcome to Toronto. And that first image is so good, too. It's it's three black guys, like light-skinned black guys, and they're, like you know, looking just pretty stereotypical hood. One throwing up a symbol, another guy with his arm around Ford and a big-ass grin, the third one throwing up a middle finger, and then the fucking mayor of Toronto just standing there with a <laughs> big-ass grin on his face with a shitty pullover sweater on with, like, the full pocket in front where you can put both hands in and the hands can touch. Rob Ford consistently denied the existence of the video and denied that he uses crack cocaine. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) Several members of the Toronto City Council, as well as the editorial boards of the National Post and Toronto Sun and Toronto Star, called for him to step down. Should I stop my recording or are we still going? We're still going. Keep going. We're still going. (laughs) Fuck it. We're still going. We're going. It's overtime, baby! So I just realized time. I was like, yeah, we should end this trap. Okay, cool. And like 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) No, dude, we're still going. On November 5th, 2013, Ford admitted to smoking crack cocaine, probably in one of my drunken stupors, admitting to hiding his drug abuse from his family, his staff, and the people of Toronto, but pledged to continue on as mayor. April 30th, 2014, a second video showing Ford smoking crammer. <laughs> Ford took a leave of absence to enter drug rehabilitation. <laughs> the original video of Ford smoking crack was released by the Toronto Police Service on August 11, 2016, after Ford's death, and the extortion charge against Sandra Lisi was dropped. So the guy on his staff who, like, tried to get that video and figure out what the fuck was going on... Yeah. The charges were dropped against him because they just figured he's just he's being told to do it. It's not his fault. I get it. Listen, when your boss tells you to commit perjury and extortion, you just you just do it. You know, you don't ask questions. All right. So I know we said we were going to end with this one, but I think we need to make one more jump just so that the jump, the 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 jump from beginning to end is funnier. In the timeline, like the listing of everything that happened from 2013 through 2016, under 2013, February to March, March 28th, Anthony Smith and Mohammed Katak, alleged members of the Dixon City Bloods gang, and who appear in the Gawker-released photograph with Mayor Ford, are shot outside the Loki Lounge in Toronto. Smith dies of his injuries. Wiretap surveillance by the police lead police to believe the motive for the shooting was related to a robbery of other gang members by Smith and others in November 2012. Let's check out Dixon City Bloods. I really want to read about Toronto gangsters. Oh my god. They're they're all too kind to do anything. And this is it. This is where we're ending the night. Hey, uh, boy, this is my territory, so can you, like, please leave? (laughs) No? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bother. Right, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Listen, are we gonna are we gonna have to throw down there, bud? No, no, no. We're good. We're good, bud. We're good, bud. We're good. Right. I'm sorry. I'm we're gonna sorry. hit hey, the Tim's well, down hey, the street. Hey, we're boy, we're hey, gonna boy, get out of your is, hair. This is the this is Dixon Goonies, alright? You don't mess with these guys, alright? <laughs> yo, 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 you're right, you're right. I'm gonna hit the Timmy's down the street. I'm sorry, sorry to bother you. Go eat yourself some Timmy's and be back here in a little <laughs> bit, alright? <laughs> 
I think that's one of my favorite lines from the TV show, and I don't know if you've ever even heard of it, Eric. Um, you've um, heard of this, Eric? Letter Kenny. What is Letter it? Kenny. The best way to explain it is: imagine if King of the Hill was set in rural Canada. Holy shit! I need to watch this show. It is pretty good, and I will admit they typically start each episode with the the two main characters kind of just doing like a a free association speech monologue thing where it cuts between the two of them. And one of my favorite is uh, Dwayne, the main character, says, On Christmas Day, Tim's, McDonald's, and the liquor store shuts down. That's about your whole fucking world right there. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just such the main... It's such a... You could not get more Canadian than that sentence. Wow. But yeah, the Dixon Bloods is apparently... uh, a offshoot of the the Bloods gang that's based in Toronto, founded in 2006, still active, approximate membership of 100 people, primarily invested in weapons trafficking and drug trafficking. Hey, so I I think I think Eric will appreciate this. Um I I looked into organized crime groups in Canada real quick, and apparently yeah. and under other gangs is the Dubois gang. Holy shit. Oh no. <laughs> for those of you for those of you on the stream who are not aware, one of Eric's best friends and founder other founding <laughs> member of the Nerdfit group is our friend Glenn Dubois. Glenn's a great guy, but his last name Dubois leads us to jokingly refer to him as Dubious Glenn, as well as other <laughs> less polite terms. I'm I'm saying, Eric, you might want to keep that in your back pocket. You know, you never know. Oh yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be that's coming out at the next convention you guys go to. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you do. Got him. <laughs> no. All right, I think we're done here. I think All that's right. all right because my fine, recording fine. is in an hour thirty, and that's definitely yeah, longer than we, I intended to go. Yeah, we're, we are we are way longer. All right, so anyone who is still here, thank you for listening. We very much appreciate you listening to the Whiskeypedia podcast. If you'd like other annoying, obnoxious content, the NerdFit group is great for that. We also love to play the new game SOS. Eric and I can be found on there. Uh, Eric, what's your name on it's SOS? Because I don't remember. Uh, I think it's Meowtor. I think it is Meowtor. Mine is Renatalus. Tyler has not been roped into it yet, but he will be soon. Please come uh, and play these games with us. Please harass us on Twitter. Tyler on SOS. Holy shit. <laughs> Tyler's just going to hit the nut button like, obnoxiously. Hey, welcome to SOS. And just like, not. <laughs> but thank you for listening. We're done here. <laughs> just remember, everybody, rubber nipples. <laughs> rubber nipples and butterfly battles.